Okay, now let's go back to humans from robots. Good morning, Kalimera ke Kalomina. From, from when I was uh, really younger, my grandfather was teaching me that we should take nothing for granted. What happens nowadays in our industry is that we, we invest regulation, we apply very fancy technology, and we do take for granted that behind these regulations, paperwork, and technologies is a competent and happy crew member that will take care of it. This is a very dangerous assumption. And the people who will help us understand how this assumption is not a wrong assumption are my colleagues in the panel that uh, you will allow me to welcome them. Michalis uh, Malaros from Euronav, Angie Hartman. Angie Hartman uh, from Starbucks and Vista Elas, Jan Alaskari from TMS uh, Dry, Maria Christopoulou from uh, NEDA, and Panagiotis Drosos from Chacos Columbia. And let me, uh, let me start uh, by noting that in the first panel today, Dimitris Vastarou has commented on uh, whether the technology is moving too fast. And he ended up by saying that we need to combine traditional ways of doing things with new technologies. And this will make, uh, will make us ask uh, Michalis. Michalis, technology needs are changing fast, and the competencies required are changing uh, seemingly fast also. Are the academies following this change? And what do the companies are called to do to cover any gaps? And if there are any gaps, how, what is the stress induced to the crew because of the lack, possible lack of these competencies? Uh, good morning also from uh, my side. Uh, I see you start really uh putting me in deep water <laughs> with a hot topic of uh, the education and if it is indeed today aligned with uh, uh, the technology uh, trends and what is actually uh, available today on board uh, the vessels. Uh, I would say that um, my opinion is that indeed uh, there is a gap there and uh, for sure we need uh, to take care of it. Uh, just to be a bit more uh, fair with uh, our system, the education system, and what we are expecting, we just want to be aligned in a sense to give uh, generic knowledge uh, to the seafarers and not to make them uh, masters or chief engineers or uh, professionals from the day one with all the competencies that required. Uh, however, uh, we do want to see 
the system to become uh, really uh, updated with covering the generic knowledge that uh, the, the basic knowledge that a seafarer needs to have and from there after of course we and I mean the companies we know very well the share of our responsibility uh, to develop the career uh, of all these uh, uh, seafarers and becoming uh, and bringing them up to the standards that we want to have them, and I mean the, uh, the shipping industry wants to have them. Purely uh, competent uh, and very capable uh, professionals. And uh, just to uh, conclude with uh, uh, if uh, these uh, rhythms of technology increase, uh, increase any uh, stress, yes, of course, but I would say it's a, uh, it's a contributing factor that there is this gap in the education, in the generic education, and thereafter, of course, uh, when you're starting, and there is that uh, a considerable uh, gap between what it is expected from someone to know and what actually needs to know, of course, it needs a more effort from their side and from the company side to uh, bring them and make them up to the uh, acceptable uh, standards and levels. Michali, thank you. Uh, you mentioned uh, effort from their side and from company side. You mentioned that uh, uh, we need to pass generic knowledge. And uh, of course, uh, Angie, in order to do that, you need to have a contact with the crew. You cannot uh, do anything if you are uh, isolated uh, and uh, away. So I wonder, what do you think are the best, pra are the best practices to, to maintain uh, a contact with the crew? The frequency? The frequency and quality. Okay, Theodosi, thank you very much. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Um, from my experience, um, I've noticed that um, having close contact with the seafarers through forums and even parties and um, daily contact with the vessels, knowing people in person will solve a lot of problems. Um, investing in the human factor is a number one. If one person is missing from the vessel, the whole chain breaks. We all know that. Without the human factor, we're doing nothing. Um, it's very interesting because here today we're three to three uh, crew managers, women. Um, so I would like to add something here. The woman touch in a crew department, being a crew manager, it's, it's really interesting and very productive. The communication um, with the crew members, it's something like between um, mother taking care. I'm going to come up to where I want to uh, conclude. Um, it brings the crew very close to you. So having a a woman in a crew department is an asset. Um, in my experience all these years, I've noticed that um, I have solved a lot of problems talking with my crews, with my masters, chief engineers, facing problems, talking with their families, finding difficulties, because we all know how difficult it is today to find crew. We're all facing that. We're all taking crew from the same bucket. So what we're trying to do is to bring our crew closer through, as I said in the beginning, conferences, parties, training, a visit in the office. So um, we need to invest, for example, 
Once I had a big problem, I couldn't find a master to join a vessel. I called his wife. I said to her, you know, I will send you uh, flowers. Please help me. Next moment, I solved my problem. What I'm trying to say is we need to work with our crews very close. They need to feel loyal to you. This takes time, and you have to uh, build, you have to build to this. You cannot do this overnight. So definitely conferences is also very productive because you can bring up problems, you can um, solve problems, you give the chance to your crew to speak up, to listen to them, listen to their problems. So I would say, and also parties, because life is not only, uh, you know, uh, what you have to do, it's also having fun. Uh, parties also bring very close the crew to you, their families, they get a chance to meet you. So it makes your life a bit easier. And I think this is how you build up loyalty. Angie, you mentioned women, and now <laughs> you make me stay on the subject. Uh, we also know that uh, you are the president of VISTA. Uh, the, our conference chairman this morning mentioned, uh, men, mentioned that there are not many women in shipping. Uh, our, I think our panel uh, has the, the majority of the women uh, in, in this conference. You told us what do you think you told us about uh, the advantage of being a woman and communicating with the vessel and the crew. Can you tell us of the challenges uh, that women face? And uh, is, it a, is it a perception that the women may change challenges uh, or is it the reality? <clears throat> well, um, look at this panel. I mean, okay, it's definitely hard work. You have to prove yourself. I think we have proven ourselves enough. You can find women now in many uh, positions all over, all over the field in, in shipping. Uh, it's definitely hard work. Um, you, can see start, see, you can start seeing women on board vessels. This is something we support also. So as with the last woman, I would like to say I would definitely support to see more women on board the vessels. And I'm very proud to say that uh, uh, I think we're doing a very good job. As I said, women are multitasked. Thank you, thank you, Angie. Um, Jana, when we last uh, uh, talked, uh, you mentioned, you, you came to me with a question and you asked me, uh, Theodosi, what is welfare? I know the answer now, but uh, can, you, can you tell us your view on, uh, okay, we, we say welfare and everybody may understand it in a very different uh, manner. What is deeply welfare? Okay, good morning from me. Uh, so, in general, most of us consider welfare to be treadmills, uh, karaoke on board our vessels, uh, to be chess, board games, uh, good high salaries. In essence, though, uh, welfare is mar far more wide covering area. Welfare is spiritual support of our seamen, is uh, mental health, is uh, good and strong relationships on board, and communication. Uh, crew department is the core. Crew department is the core which is responsible to initiate and maintain any and all support towards our seafarers. Uh, 
us, uh, as you said, to have uh, good communication with our <coughs> seafarers, to help them have, uh, to help them socializing on board because our vessels now are multinational and multicultural environment and the responsibility uh, to give the incentives for all these lies to crew department, to provide incentives to create a strong and tight relationship on board, which is uh, very important and will help to our uh, seaman uh, health. Uh, spiritual support of our seamen, good communication. Nowadays, luckily, our vessels, all our vessels have internet because our seamen are long, many months far from their siblings, families, kids, friend, friends, they're isolated. So, uh, with the internet, by sending news uh, of their countries on board of the vessels, is something that uh, keeps them warm, keeps them uh, feel that uh, somebody is taking care of them. Uh, they know what is happening back in their countries. Uh, maintaining their, uh, supporting their mental health. Yes, treadmills, games, swimming pools, uh, gyms, uh, Vessels now are having all these things that they can build teamwork by all of them playing all together and socializing themselves. Uh, good salaries also uh, is, uh, is helping to our seaman welfare, but from my side, from my experience, all, uh, all these years is that by make them feel that you are close to their families when they are on board your vessels. You are calling them, uh, their families, uh, to see, no matter if their husbands are out uh, or uh, parents uh, are uh, uh, alone back in their house, to, to keep a good contact with their families, to call them to see if everything is okay, if they need something, uh, to call them oftenly, the crew operators, to call them uh, on board the vessel, to have contact with them somebody from our office, to feel that we uh, are taking care of them is the most important uh, factor that helps them feel safe and uh, that uh, they are not uh, alone, they are not isolated, they have people that they are taking care of them and they will call them to see if everything is okay in their families. Uh, our seamen are isolated, they feel being isolated on board. We have to do as much as we can from the, psycho the psychological point of view to maintain their spiritual, uh, to, to, to keep spiritual and mental uh, health and support, good communication uh, and good relationships on board according to my experience, are some of the main issues mm. that will help to, uh, to the welfare of our seamen on board our vessels. So, most probably, not very different from any other industry. When we say, take care of your people and they will take care of your business, it's the same thing here. And uh, as you were um, explaining to us uh, uh, your thinking, I was noting down keywords, and I note uh, you mentioned relations, communication, spirit, uh, supporting and to me mental, and to me this uh, uh, echoes what we called, uh, Maria, we called soft skills. Yeah. And... Uh, exactly, Theodosis. We, we, we do have to focus on soft skills. 
well, first of all, I would like to thank you very much for letting me participate in this panel. It was a great uh, pleasure to also meet uh, colleague women uh, being in such important position of a crew manager. And uh, yes, it is true. We are talking about uh, soft skills development. Uh, it is not a lot of mumbo jumbo nowadays, and anyone that thinks differently should look at the TMSA number three. It's all full of uh, soft skills development there. So uh, what do we mean when we say uh, soft skills? Uh, soft skills, for once, it's directly connected with the human element. And uh, this might sound a bit ironic after having uh, all uh, seen this uh, great uh, presentation of uh, the previous panel about the human robot and uh, how she was granted cit uh, citizenship, uh, and which is very odd and frightening. Um, soft skills development is, um, as I said before, directly connected with the human element and um, the proper development of uh, the soft skills, which uh, some might know better as uh, non-technical skills, can aid to the reduction of a specific type of uh, human error that would uh, lead to incidents. And uh, I would um, uh, say the majority of the human error could be contained by the development of uh, soft skills. Uh, such soft skills are tools to develop the soft skills could be the leadership techniques, stress management, we all know how much stress our CFIRs are on board, uh, behavior-based safety is a great tool, crisis management, and um, uh, I would uh, put more emphasis on uh, tools such as the situational awareness and decision-making, which are also included uh, in the soft skills, and um, have definitely a very serious impact on human error. Um, if a company, and um, all I can do here is share my experience from my company, uh, decides to work systematically on the soft skills of their onboard and onshore employees, that will definitely uh, be a revenue for the company, it would be a great benefit. Um, we, uh, as uh, NEDA, are uh, having a lot of uh, seminars, including role plays. We're using simulators, and simulators are uh, another vehicle, uh, not so very commonly used, um, which aids a lot to the development of uh, soft skills, especially crisis management. Uh, virtual reality environments, smart games, and uh, this can be the means for, uh, for focusing on the training for soft skills. Thank you, Maria. Um, Panayoti, I think when Maria mentioned TMSA, you, you wanted to, to jump and say something. But okay, I, I, I don't want to particularly stay on TMSA, but what, what we've now heard is we heard a few things, most probably the, the most important thing, the key things that we need to address when we are discussing about crew. Now, when it comes to the company and uh, to to, let's say to the interaction of the company with a crew manager and a training manager. Uh, how, how should the company act in order to empower the crew manager and the training manager? And uh, at the end of the day, uh, together with this, the vision for humans, for the, human, the vision for training, is it the vision of the training manager? Is it the vision of the company? Is it the vision of the owner? Uh, how do we 
how do we end up there? And maybe, maybe then you will all want to, to say something or this. So, Panayoti. Thank you, Theodos. Training manager, how the management empowers the crew manager and the training manager by supporting them. And furthermore, um, we all operate under the same standards, same environments, where the training manager and the crew manager is in the vertical structure or flag organizational structure of each company. For us, the training manager should be in the second layer of the structure in order to have the authority and the initiatives uh, to move the company forward towards challenges um, defined from the clients and from the industry and be able to adopt um, areas that need to be adopted in our industry. Um, for us, furthermore, training, the training manager is something that needs to be defined. In our organization, the training manager, one of the qualifications that needs to be to have is a captain. It's our definition, it's what we believe. However, being a captain, women or men. <laughs> and, <laughs> I know that. And, um, but being a good captain doesn't mean that you are a good training manager. So providing training such as mentoring, coaching, which is uh, soft skills that needs and talents, you, you will allow me to say, um, providing such trainings and uh, ammunition to the training manager, um, our perspective, our view is that it's something that needs to be done. Now for the vision. The vision of, it's neither the companies, neither the um, training manager, it's the whole company community. If all of your employees doesn't believe or doesn't feel the, the vision of training the company or whatsoever, I don't believe that you will have success there. So the vision in our organization is set by all of us. Uh, we receive information, feedback, suggestions, and we act accordingly. I think it makes sense. Uh, Ma Maria, you, you want to comment something on the vision, maybe? Yes, uh, well, uh, sorry. Well, yes, it is very important for a company to have a vision. Sometimes it's a person's vision, and then it gets to be shared with the rest of the company. Uh, I believe um, a vision could, uh, should not be uh, confused with a target. Mm -hmm. It's not something tangible. It's not measurable. It's something we should all be driven from and uh, aim to. Uh, for example, we aim for excellence. We can never uh, achieve, most probably, excellence. That's why training should uh, uh, have a vision. Our, our vision is uh, uh, shared with uh, many other companies, fortunately, and it is the zero uh, industry incident vision. And we are uh, working with our CFRs towards this vision. Uh, is, it is it attainable? Uh, well, attainable. Uh, it's like riding a bicycle. When you look at the tree, you end up on the tree. When you look at the horizon, then it is most probable that you will achieve it. And uh, I'm sure nobody uh, in this panel or in this room would agree that uh, um, having a less 
um, let's say, um, a lesser vision, for example, 10 deaths of seafarers, that, would that be an acceptable vision? It would be tangible and maybe be feasible, but I don't think it will uh, measure up for a vision. I think this is where the industry should strive for. Thank you. Uh, true. Do, do you wish to comment on, uh, on that subject? Yes. I would like to say that extra training um, can be considered as an extra benefit, okay? Um, Crew, tro, tro, um, sorry for crew uh, achieving uh, success in their future. That's why I said that through conferences, that's what I said in the beginning, is through conferences you do um, have an input of what are their needs. I mean, for example, you can discuss uh, port take control um, findings, you can uh, talk about the new regulations. So this is what I'm trying to say, you have to go step by step. So I would say that uh, extra tra training over and above the CCW requirements, which I'm sure everybody does, is a, a real asset to the, to the CFRs. It's just something that you have to really um, put it into their blood. Thank you. Uh, also, I'd like to point out that training uh, is uh, also something that uh, contributes to the crew welfare on board our vessels because this is what makes them uh, safer, more confident, more confident on board our vessels, happy because they feel they know uh, they can do their job better, they don't have any lack of self-confidence. Training is uh, what all the companies nowadays, uh, they start to invest more and more and more. Yes, training, training, training. Michali, uh, training, training, training. Um, what about culture, culture, culture? And uh, I'm asking this, uh, I know that uh, you have uh, in your job a particular challenge of, uh, of managing a lot of nationalities on your on your uh, vessels. Uh, I have been thrilled to to discuss with you how you do this. Can you do you want to share with us this experience of uh, managing a lot, really a lot of nationalities, and uh, trying to pass to convey the culture of the company uh, to all your uh, colleagues at the vessels? Uh, yeah, sure. It's. Uh it's not an easy job uh, because uh, today uh, in, uh, in our company uh, we're managing more than uh, 15 different nationalities. 15. Yes, and uh, of course we manage four different uh, national flags, vessels, so uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that we have all of them the 15 vessel. on the same vessel, yes, because... It would be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> uh, uh, however, uh, as we speak today, and uh, we are living in the era of globalization, and I would say that shipping was more than open on uh, using uh, uh, different nationalities, and I think it's one of the most uh, uh, leading uh, industries that uh, they tend to use uh, uh, workers from different uh, nationalities, and they uh, do it uh, we are doing it so many years uh, with a successful, uh, I would say, way. Uh, having seen that we are uh, managing the, the, uh, that many nationalities, it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, we can use anyone just like that. Of course, uh, the company 
uh, has already a culture, created a culture, and in this culture, more and more people are touching irrespectively of their nationality. We want to be open, we want to be extrovert, we want to get the advantage of uh, the good professionals, so we cannot say that we will choose uh, from one country and not from the other. We do it at this on a rate, of course, uh, that taking into consideration all uh, uh, the factors, uh, using the, uh, the proper tools, the risk assessment, we see, uh, of course, how we need to do it properly when uh, we choose uh, to include one more uh, nationality. We examine uh, all the elements that uh, my colleagues uh, talked uh, earlier, the soft skills, uh, the cultural, the e ethical uh, uh, elements uh, of that country, uh, also uh, uh, any other uh, more, uh, I would say, uh, uh, elements like uh, dietary uh, habits and all that which makes sense and to, to see what constraints we have to overcome if it makes sense for us to include one more nationality and get the benefit of having the competent uh, uh, officers and seafarers from that country. Uh, of course, I said that we do have, as a company, and each company has a culture, a, stru a structured culture. However, uh, by uh, being open and uh, inviting and more and more people, we are also, uh, from time to time, able uh, to review uh, this culture and the strategy that we have, transform it because more people means that we will be influenced as well. We see the impacts, we measure it, and then we move on. But we want to be open and get all the advantage of the most competent people that we can have. Yes, exactly. So you are transforming uh, this culture and cas transforming and cascading and uh, and, and back and forth, and maybe with all due respect to all nationalities, you, you can also draw comparative advantages from uh, specific nationalities and blend them together. L like we say in the Greek song, Timoni Kalamatiano ke Kapetanio Shoti, or something like that. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, let, me, uh, let me ask uh, Maria, um, we, have the, we have the vessel and the company. Do you think, uh, I, I don't know if it is uh, provocative, do you think that the company and, and the vessel drive always towards the same direction as far as targets, as far as anxieties, KPIs, uh, or, or there is a kind of one pulling to one direction and the other pulling to another? And how can we mitigate this? How can we live with this and, uh, effectively? Well. Thank you very much, Theodosis. This is a very interesting point, as we can all understand. Um, there are ways nowadays to measure a company safety culture, and we are one of these companies that have done so. We have measured using tools, uh, algorithms, uh, both our uh, source-side safety culture and our CIFAR safety culture, and we have come to the unfortunate conclusion that uh, uh, we not only not uh, drive towards the same uh, direction, but um, uh, it was even more surprising to find out that uh, the seafarers were uh, much more safety culture than uh, us at the office. And it's, um, I think, very easily to understand that uh, it is because they live in the risk environment 
that they do, and uh, so they uh, have a completely different perception of what uh, uh, safety is, and they are more eager to uh, maintain. Um, so uh, I would say that uh, it depends on the, how one wants to design a system or their approach. Um, having same targets or same KPIs uh, would definitely be a sign of a lean approach, both looking at the same direction, uh, showing visible leadership. Uh, however, it is more realistic and efficient to say that uh, targets and KPIs might differ, perhaps not all of them, between uh, a ship and uh, the office. Um, companies and vessels should be heading in the same direction, though, and have a common understanding with regards to safety, and that requires a lot of effort, as you can all understand. Uh, together, building, with the participation of the seafarers, uh, resilient systems uh, based on fundamental aspects of effective and interactive communication and teamwork. Uh, management systems need to be more human-centered, need to change from being reactive or compliant because we all discuss here how compliant we are, we are with training requirements, but that doesn't make much difference at the end of the day. Uh, if the system is not resilient, uh, and safety has to become uh, the commanding company value. It has to be a value, not a goal, not a target, a value. Um, it's, it's very interesting now we hear about resilient systems, uh, values, um, Panayoti, MLC, ILO, uh, to what extent they have helped and to what extent it's, it's now history and we need to move forward? They have set the basic. So, yes, MLC, ILO have defined the minimum for us, standards that need to be required, and thereafter each company needs to translate and start by using the basics and look forward um, and implement additional measures uh, in order um, to reach the top. MLC, it's all related to crew welfare. Crew welfare, how can be translated? I heard and really interesting statements. For us, it's a simple world, family. If you create a family inside your company, then you will definitely succeed uh, by having crew welfare and uh, promoting the safety culture. Because if we analyze it, um, crew welfare, what you aim for is safety. Have the crew members happy, office employees also happy, because we are one team. And as you treat your family, you should treat your organization. Any other comment on MLC and ILO from the rest of my colleagues in the panel? I also believe, I don't know if I can make this comment, that uh, companies that uh, were not in compliance, uh, they were the ones that had to uh, really uh, put it all together. But, but because I think there are a lot of companies that were already online, so I would say that this was basically for the companies who were not following anything. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's true, a lot of standards work like that, and uh, maybe it's, it's, it's very reasonable and acceptable to, to go that way, because effectively what we want as an industry is we want 
the 100% of the companies to follow at least a minimum standard. And then uh, all, of, all of the industry to look at the best practices, the best examples, and move forward. So, best practices. Do we share them, Michali? Uh, and, and all, do we share best practices? Uh, how do we share, and uh, do we need to, to share more or differently? Uh, definitely, it's a, it's a tool that uh, it is very important for the companies, the best practices, and uh, we see that uh, more and more uh, uh, share, shareholders from the industry are uh, tending to uh, share this uh, information amongst them. Uh, I don't want to stay on the uh, side uh, vessel and uh, company. I consider as a granted that these best practices are coming back and forth and split all over the fleet of each company. However, the important thing for me is that uh, we have seen lately that uh, uh, more organizations around shipping industry, including the companies, they are keen uh, to share these best practices amongst them and put, see them uh, implemented uh, in action. So basically what we come down to is we need to share, we need to share uh, knowledge. I think this is the only way we can go forward. I think we, what we're doing today in this event, we're sharing best practices, at least what we implement inside our organization. Furthermore, the sharing for best practices you will allow me to say that through the audits that we performed through oil majors, there um, it's a good example uh, where uh, best practices are defined from organizations that they compare what they see inside our organization and what they have seen um, through other audits and other organizations. Sharing best practices, Intertango is a good example through the committees. We're proud that we are members and parts plus uh, Greek-based companies initiatives. Martekma is a very good example where technical managers gather and share uh, practices, how they do, how they implement. And furthermore, TMSA 3 is the most recent example of sharing where oil majors are auditing hundreds of companies all around the world. They have gathered what they have seen through the audits and they have um, included those best practices to TMSA 3 for us to implement. Let me see whether we have a question uh, from, from the audience. Or you can prepare a question. If you raise your hand, I will, I, I will see you and I will interrupt. But let me, uh, in the meantime, uh, say this. I've been, I've been reading an article that was titled, Human Error is Never the Root Cause. And uh, the, the thinking uh, inside this article was that very easily we conclude uh, to human error. This was the cause, human error. And we don't really go uh, deeply uh, to understand why this happened and what was the, the consequences. Do we have a, vol a volunteer to, to comment on this? Yes. I, I would like to say a few words on that. 
it is uh, very much uh, related, linked uh, to the soft skills development and uh, uh, sharing best practices. Because now it's, uh, I think, uh, the time for the shipping industry to move from uh, safety one, what was called the reactive approach towards incidents, to a proactive approach, to safety two, and uh, demonstrate the best practices, what our seafarers are doing well on board, and not uh, putting them on the spot once the, they have um, um, uh, done the, the error that probably led to the incident. Um, it is um, based on IMO uh, analysis that uh, almost 80% uh, of uh, the incidents are uh, related to the human error. I would say better to, uh, um, not to the human error, but uh, to the human limitation. That, I would, that would be the, the, the word that I would like to use. Uh, because the humans are tend to make mistakes. This is inevitable. And I would dare say that uh, it is not uh, even 80% that the IMO states that it's uh, um, of incidents based or related to human error, but it's even more than that. The aviation um, of uh, recent research with regards to aviation revealed that more than 90% of uh, incidents are related to the human limitation to the human error. So um, I believe that uh, pointing a figure to the, to the CIFAR that did wrong, uh, it's not the correct approach. It hasn't uh, driven us uh, away from being uh, reactive. Uh, there have been uh, over 100 years since uh, the first SOLAS that was actually uh, followed the, um, the incident of the Titanic. And it's still uh, a couple of years ago that we saw Costa Concordia um, um, incident uh, related to the same uh, uh, human errors that uh, actually uh, sank the Titanic. So uh, what's the difference? What have we achieved so many years after the Titanic? Um, we need to focus, we need to strengthen our seafarers. We, we need to identify the, the human limitations and enhance our seafarers by giving them extra tools, not uh, just uh, training, but uh, uh, furnish them with um, um, soft skills, as I said before, uh, crisis management, uh, team building, and uh, I believe the, the um, company and the vessel should drive at the same direction, showing um, um, visible leadership and for the office to take ownership of safety and safety becoming a value that would uh, definitely contribute more to the uh, more in-depth analysis of, uh, of incidents. But we must focus on the best practices that be done daily on board our vessels and not just point fingers on the CIFAR that uh, uh, was too stressed or too uh, tired and uh, did the error. I think that we should have in the panel uh, Sophia the robot also to give uh, her opinion, although I'm not sure if we would agree necessarily with, uh, with her. In any case, um, I, I see we, don't, we still don't have any question from the audience. Ah. Uh, the one is uh, something that uh, we have seen in our company that there is a discrepancy. Uh, and that is uh, what is the 
what is the uh, result of the uh, training that we have uh, provided and not inexpensively to uh, crew members and get the feedback uh, how they performed in subsequent uh, services, etc. Unfortunately, uh, if anybody goes in depth in this item, chances are that he will be disappointed. Uh, we go through the, the whole process of training and the same person can be very, uh, his performance can be very uh, disappointing afterwards. So that's uh, money down the drain. Um, and I think uh, that uh, companies that uh, spend money on, on, on training should do this thing because uh, that's the only uh, uh, way to uh, assess the cost benefit. Uh, the second thing is that uh, notwithstanding the uh, training and the success or not, or no success of it, is um, that, uh, and again, uh, I did not hear anything on this, is uh, the um, psychometrics. I think that the training should be uh, connected with uh, psychometrics and uh, psychological tests for, for crews. Uh, a master that is, uh, that is uh, perfect in uh, many ways and in many items of training, etc., but cannot, uh, buckles under pressure, cannot uh, operate under pressure, etc., he, he has a problem and the company has a problem. So I would strongly suggest that uh, due attention be given not only to the training, but also to the uh, psychometrics and the, the psychological uh, uh, condition of, of the master. And that can be very tricky because there's a lot of conflicting uh, uh, assessments. I mean, something may be considered good here, but bad for the etc. And it's not something that uh, is very uh, widely considered, true and, uh, but it's important. That's what I think. Thank you. Thank you. That, that's true. And before giving the opportunity to my colleagues to, to comment uh, and, and, and close with this, uh, is my comment would be that probably your two questions are connected. Uh, if training, uh, if you don't, if one does not get feedback that the training has worked, most probably the training was the wrong, not the correct training. And one of the things for which the training, on which the training can fail, is that it is not focused on the correct needs, and one of the needs is, is assessed through psych psychometrics. So these two could be connected, but I, I would like also my colleagues uh, to offer a, a reply. So, my opinion, psychometric, for our, for my company, it's not an extra training. It's an examination which all the seafarers before. It's, it's, need, it's needed. Yeah. 
Uh, it's an examination that all our seafarers, from top, to, from master to messman, are passing before joining our vessels. This is a must, not now, many years before, because we faced some situations on board our vessels. And according to my opinion, this psychometric test should be <laughs> for companies also, not only for the vessels. Do you connect it with training? Do you connect the results with training? No, no. <laughs> No, this is something we don't uh, relate in my company. I don't know if in other companies it's any relation, but in my company there is no any relation to these psychometric tests. It belongs to the pre-medical examination of all our seamen. Uh, so, and from the per first point about uh, the training, uh, I think... Uh, uh, as long as I was uh, hearing you to say your story. First of all, uh, to my opinion, to be a trainer is a gift. Uh, to be able to transfer, to convey your knowledge in a way that the trainee uh, will understand and they will be able to, to perform the way you are explaining them, uh, this is a gift. Second, uh, it's not so whether uh, they have established, because lately we are facing uh, the following problem. Uh, the training is finished. Uh, all the, trainer, the trainees are very happy. They said that all of them, they understand what they heard. Uh, they feel confident. And uh, if somebody will make them a question, uh, not simply to answer yes or not, will understand that they are not able to answer this question. So to, uh, to have questionnaires, to have uh, ways uh, to make you understand if your attendees, they have absorbed the knowledge for, for me, according to my opinion and for my company, because we faced uh, what you have described before, is a must after the end of any course to have questionnaires uh, and try to understand whether uh, the attendees, they absorb and they understand what you want to give them. Thank you. Th thank you, uh, Jana. I, I think this gives the, the overview. So uh, to, to summarize, yes, psychometrics need to be taken and uh, are taken. We need then to make sure how you, you, we use them. And then training, yes, of course, if you don't get feedback from training, and this is uh, what is being uh, done, we cannot uh, go the next step. Uh, Angie, I see you're very anxious no, to give no, a, a reply. Let's, let's give a, a final a comment for a uh, few seconds. I'm just coming back to what I said in the beginning, retention. This is the answer. I mean, uh, what are the chances of uh, getting good crew and the training as Mr. Said, I mean, what are the chances to have good crews, right? And train crews and you're not wasting your money in the bucket. So basically, this is what I'm saying. We need to invest to people, to humans. So the closer they come to you, the best results you have. You have more chances to have good crew when they're ex with, with, they're with you a, a long time than just having newcomers all the time. So it's a chain, you know, this is endless. So I, I would say, let's see the water, uh, half full than half empty, and let's just try and um, come closer to our crews. The closer they feel, the better uh, results we'll have, and their training will not just uh, be, you know, a waste of time. Thank you very much. Thank you very much to all my colleagues, and thank you to Capital Link for this subject.